You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech, featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Yes, yes. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on yes, Black sir. Hollywood Live. Um, we break down tech news and geek culture from a black nerd perspective. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's close, right? It's close enough. All right. Uh, joined as always by my man, Achilles Shine. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. Just hanging in there. Good. What about yourself? How you living? Uh, How was the week? The week was, the week was, was hectic, but it was, it was great. I'm Joe Braswell, uh, as usual. We're going to run down, um, some tech news and some nerd news. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead because what we're, what we're geeking out on, what I'm geeking out on, I'll get to this later, but I'm just all on the raid too. For sure. And I'm late on it because it was out, you know, I didn't see it in theaters. Right. I just, I saw it on demand and I have it now and I now end up buying it and I can't get enough. We'll get, we'll talk about it a little later on. And we'll, For sure. We're, we're, we're geeking out on a nerd out on, but man, if you haven't seen the raid, if you haven't seen the raid too, I know I've been talking about this Phil all day, but the raid too. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, so let's, uh, we, we, we did Comic Con last week. Um, and I think we'll have a special guest next week, which uh, I don't want to tease you because I don't want to jinx it. For sure. But this week, let's talk about Twitter. Um, uh, some, 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 some tech news. Uh, the big thing in the news is Twitter psychosis. People yeah. are talking about the, the idea of Twitter psychosis and it being real. I've heard this term before, you know, people who are spending all their time on Twitter and then having oh, an yeah. adverse reaction to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's this case where this woman has actually admitted, um, admitted in to the hospital and was diagnosed with something called Twitter psychosis. Oh, I, I believe it. I know a few people that, that have it. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> they, they got, they got, they got a lot of the symptoms, the shakes, the sweats. <laughs> ah, I need my Instagram. It's <laughs> bugging out, man. Like, well, this feels like, I don't know how much this is caused by Twitter, cause this woman is a situation, it's a situation where she starts to feel like, spending so much time on Twitter, that she starts to feel like the messages are like, she's like, well, why do I gotta do it like that? Why is Anderson Cooper saying that, doing this to me? It's symbolic. <laughs> the <laughs> subtext, I'm reading the subtext and it's telling me to go kill someone. I don't know, it's crazy. That's super crazy. But I don't know, what, what do you, so, so is this a symptom of the individual in your opinion, or is this really a symptom of sort of like the amount of time that we spend engaged looking at our small screens? I think it's both. I think this story, um, and its extreme effect is with this individual woman, but I think it's affecting us as a society, definitely. I mean, there's pluses and minus to all technologies, which we always cover on this show. And I think with social media, like it, it, it kind of takes us away from ourselves. Like we lose a bit of our emotional, spiritual self yeah. when we're, when we're always plugged in. So in a way, when your mind is looking at 140 characters or just looking at images quick, 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 quick all day, like you lose the interconnectivity and the interpersonal relationships that you have day to day. And I think that affects your mind, affects your consciousness, affects how you go about things. And, and the more extreme it is, the more extreme the result is. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I mean, you you don't see it. You don't see don't it as affecting know. people. I, I, it's it's just I don't know. I, this is, we put this as a story. Actually, put it as her lead story, and I just think it's kind of a bullshit story. Like I just feel like it's one of these things that, like, I mean, Twitter psychosis as a diagno as a diagnosis. I think that's just a whack 
BS diagnosis. I mean, do you think people can get psychosis from watching crazy movies all day? Violent movie, violent, but, violent but, images all day. But is there a diagnosis that's called, you know, uh, I don't know, <laughs> saw itis, the ray two itis, two itis. <laughs> I want to karate everyone. People with hammers. I don't know. I, I get it. No, but I, I do think there's a, there's something to be said about the larger point of of how connected and disconnected to society we are, how connected we are to our small screens and our computers and our TVs, um, and and how that would ultimately cause something. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure the folks at Twitter don't like that they're calling it Twitter psychosis. Right, right. And that, that means that, you know my grandma will be like, I heard Twitter gives you psychosis. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know that's all. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be on Twitter anyway. No, no but uh, last point for me. Yes. I mean, def- social media is can definitely be an addiction. Yeah, and oh, for sure. as with any addiction, that it has it has negative you know consequences, and it could lead to it could lead to suicide. It could lead to you know mental diseases. Sure. Like so, I mean, it's it's plausible in my mind. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I do want to move on to something we've been kind of talking about. We always talk about the sort of man versus machine, um, and you know, and everything else, but. And we talked the cyborgs and the wearables and, and all these other things. And this is sort of a story that is um, sort of misses what we've been talking about for the last few weeks, which is the wearable, which is and also the, 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 the AI situation. There is this one cat in England who is really part human, part machine. That's so stupid. He's a, he, he is, he claims to be a real cyborg. Right, right. And you know what? He kind of is a cyborg because the definition of the cyborg is, you know, someone with, who utilizes, you know, um, you know, uh, machine parts, mm-hmm. uh, as well as their human parts. Right. Now we see people with, uh, you know, uh, amputees with all kinds of yeah, very yeah. complicated, uh, you know, uh, arms and mm-hmm. legs that help. But this guy actually has an, okay, so just so we know, he has this rare disease, this guy in England who makes him sort of colorblind and, um, it's color, colorblindness and let me make sure I got this right. Uh, that's it. He's oh, is colorblind. colorblind? He's colorblind. Okay, so it's colorblind only. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's colorblind. It's called a ac, ac, I can't pronounce it. Achromatopsia. 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 Whatever. Anyway, he has this rare form. He can only see in grayscale. So, with some experimentation with an antenna, he was able to have a, a color detecting antenna surgically implanted into a skull. Yeah. Now, this was not a, this implant was not sanctioned by the medical profession. Yep. This implant was performed by a surgeon who wants to remain anonymous. Yeah. Duh. Surprising. In a dark alley. In a dark alley somewhere, <laughs> a la, you know, I don't know, strange days with Ralph Fiennes. But, um, but yeah, dude has an implant in his head and frankly, it's working for him. Yeah. And, you know, he says he's able to hear, in quotes, color frequencies. Uh, that has sort of made him see the, the, the color spectrum in a different way. And right, it's, right. it's crazy. And I mean, I, I think, oh, sorry. No, no, just let me use this one quote. It says, my antenna, al- my antenna allows me to detect not only vis- color visible to the human eye, but also beyond the yeah. human eye. Yeah. I sense infrared and ultraviolet light from my camera, but also from other cameras from my friends. This is weird. This is scary. My mission is to expand my sensory uh, perception to communicate to this audience through multimedia demonstrations. Right. Like he wants to be on stage, like check your smartphone. <laughs> that was from me. Get that text. That's, that's funny. <laughs> well, I'm so, go I ahead. Mean, what do I you, mean, what you... like I, I feel that we've been on this road of fusing biology and technology for a while. Like a lot of people will argue that this is, this is terrible for society and that, you know, we shouldn't be, um, I guess a, a pro- approaching this, you know, in terms of 
in, in putting technology inside the human body. But I mean, we have pacemakers, we have insulin, insulin pumpers that, that have been around for 20 plus years. Right. And so I, I think that if, if someone has an ailment or someone has a disease and they're able to use technology to help them become better or become more efficient, I think I, I'm, I'm with it, but it's just weird that no one is sanctioning this in, in, like in the, in the medical industry, like no one will perform these procedures. Like it's illegal to do so, but you have people that, that are doing them to themselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like if you break your leg and there's no hospital around, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to find a way to, to put a cast on it. It might be your own form of technology. And I feel it's the same way. Like there was another story in that article where a guy cut off his finger and he, he built, he built like a USB port yeah. for his finger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> let me download some information here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really funny. It's funny. Just plug in real quick. Right. He's like, Trip. that's like where it's going. And like, but, but what you're saying is, I, I, my problem with this is it's not just about like oh there's no doctor around so I'm gonna do something myself this is full blown experimentation dude with an antenna in his brain walking around the street to, like to detect color <laughs> to detect different color spectrums is not like putting a splint on your leg you broke it in the jungle like that's you know what I mean that's different that's like, that's very different for me and also my man also has a you know, he had to say, wow, his antenna's working, working pretty well. What else could I add? He added a Bluetooth <laughs> device. It's, not, it's funny, but it's not funny. Dude, that's Bluetooth in his head. And, and, well, and that's I, tight, man. It's like, yo, we, we ever go out in the wilderness, you have the antenna. We'll always have cell phone man, reception. connecting. So, I mean, but, but I don't know, you know, the implications of that Bluetooth situation because he's able to then... um I don't know, like connect to the, you know, your, your car and your phone via his brain. Like what the Bluetooth connection is driving me crazy. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Anyway, so that's, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But that, the fact that that's working, the fact that someone was, had the audacity and was audacious enough to sort of try that. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But the only way cyborgs will become real in this sense is, is through this kind of experimentation. And so again, you know, this stuff's going on already. There's all, 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 most of the, a lot of the, the medical advances we have are through experimentation. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, the, the Nick is coming up. And, I mean, even like decades ago when, when, um, people want to, you know, have performed sex changes, you know, that was yeah. illegal, but yeah. now, but now it's commonplace. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, fast forward 10 years from now, I'm sure it'll be commonplace. If you need a certain technology, like, yeah. Hey, we'll just, Hey, just go to the doctor, sure. put it in for you. I need a, uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm come. I can't, I got so many jokes that I would, that uh, inappropriate. Okay. So, uh, but let's move on. So that's interesting. Let's move on to something else we've been talking about a lot, which is the, uh, the giant war between Samsung and Apple. We've covered this a few times over, over the, over the last, over the few months and, you know, the iPhone versus the Samsungs and the, and then who's winning that war. And for a while there, Samsung was looking really good because mainly because other price point and their giant screens and they're all their gimmicky crap they were doing and, and people were really sort of using them as an alter- alternative and there was all this sort of talk, doom and gloom talk, especially with the passing of, of Steve Jobs that like Samsung's gonna, you know, take over. Well, the, you know, the, I mean, ar- arguably they, they are taking over. Okay. Well, this, what I, what I say, what I said then, and then what I, what, I, and what, I, what this article in Business Week says, Business Insider says, is that it's pretty clear now that Apple is actually winning that war. Like what war? The the war, basically the the, the the bottom line dollar war. 
the bottom line dollar war of what this litigation sales. Oh, sales. No, sales. Oh, the litigation, Samsung. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm talking about. I'm talking about the large. I'm not talking about the litigation piece. That that's that's separate. I'm talking about which we did cover. I'm sorry to be clear on this. I'm talking about who's making more. Who who's which which phone will probably go the wayside first. Apple is not going anywhere. there. The iPhone is strong as ever. There was always talk that like Samsung's going to take out the iPhone iPhones suck. No, but okay, if you look at the ensemble of products, Samsung products versus Apple products, Samsung right. is number one in the world for most sold and for the most amount of money revenue. Yeah, Samsung, but that's because they do washing machines, refrigerators. No, no, no. I'm just talking about tablets and smartphones. That's it. Yeah, but that that's that is greatly, greatly, greatly exaggerated. And if you look at the overall picture, but what what they're saying is, well, it's just trending. Samsung. Um, I mean, let me just give you some to some brief numbers. Um, Samsung slid to twenty, like uh, their market share slid twenty five percent. You know, uh, they they had thirty five percent market share. They're down to twenty five percent market share, and it's trending down. Right? Um, people predicted it, it may go all the way down to eleven percent of the market share. Right? Apple is holding tight. The um, the you know the the and, and so Samsung was the only major manufacturer to to, to drop in number of shipments in this quarter. Um, and so they've been dropping. And the main thing that's eating Samsung is two two things. Number one, there's this giant, there's all these giant Chinese phone makers, uh, one like Zenomi mm-hmm. and these other ones who, who, and all this army of Android clone makers who, who make Androids. Yep. And there's so many Android clones that are so much cheaper that people don't have the need exclusively to buy the Samsung stuff. Of course. Whereas you can't do that with Apple. There's no, there's no Apple clones. There's no iPhone clones. Like people like, you know, what they're doing. Another thing is, is that, over the years, people have been pushing Apple like to drop your prices, drop your prices. Apple has held steadfast at making their their product a premium product. But what they've done is with their older products, they'll drop the f- price, right? So the iPhone 5S comes out, the iPhone 4S drops to $99. You know, when the iPhone 6 comes out, I'm sure the iPhone you know, five will drop to ninety nine dollars. Of course. And that's been doing great for them because all those sales, all those ninety nine dollar phones has, has sold tremendously and it's also boosted their sales way up. Their premium phones are still selling at, <clears throat> at a at a premium. I, I, and, and 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 they're still dominating. I'd be interested just again, because from, from what I've read in terms of the market share, not just this quarter, but in terms of the year and the and the previous years, like Samsung is murdering Apple in terms of smartphones and, and tablets, and I, I would be interested to see in terms of what would happen like in 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 the fourth quarter of, of 2014, like what's going to happen because I feel like a lot of the Apple products, techno- te- technology wise, I think they can't they are cloned. They're just not encased in the Apple design. But in terms of the technology that's in it, it's just, it's it's better phones out there, just like with computers. Like you can have a, a way better PC computer than Apple if you and for for less money. I feel like Apple's more like you said the, the their pricing model is more marketing. Like, okay, we're gonna drop this and do that. And like people are are so so like indoctrinated or programmed to get the the new stuff. But in terms of the technology, I don't think that it's Competing against Samsung, Samsung, in my well, opinion. I, I, well, I, we disagree here. Cause I, I think, I think the technology, technology wise, what we're having in these, in, the, in our computers and our tablets and our smartphones, I feel like, and maybe this is just my, you know, Apple blindness and indoctrination and, and I'm an Apple homer, but, uh, I feel like it's superior to Samsung's, you know, people love the Samsung technology and the Samsung stuff, but, but the bottom line is what, what this boils down to is for Tim Cook, uh, CEO of Apple is it really boils down to, one thing, China. Right. That's it. I mean, China, you know, China's, the sales in China and Samsung are down like something like 50% while they're up 28% in China for Apple. 
So, and then you have other other emerging nations like Brazil, Russia, mm-hmm. India. That's it. They, well, they call them the, the BRIC countries, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, and China. Um, I think that's well, all I think, they really care about. If they're, if they're dominating in the BRICs, then the war is over. I you mean, know? but I, I think I think the war too was the litigation. I mean, especially for Steve Jobs because he 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 felt at least in his, in his autobiography he felt that you know literally they they stole you know the technology from Apple and he 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 even said in the book that he would spend you know all the money he's ever made to fight them for it and just to make sure like just on principle like yo understand that Apple developed this design this and brought this to the world and and he wants the credit for it right. and i feel like with the litigation like i think it's just going to be played out in court for years like they won they won one point something billion from samsung but who who knows if they'll ever get paid that or how long it'll take to get paid that and i, I feel that i feel samsung i i really believe samsung is 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 more innovative like you look at some of the, the things that they're doing with their smartphones like iphone don't have a water resistant phone stuff like that like, there's tons of like sure. you might call them you might call them like gimmicks or whatever but Man. Gimmicks. Okay, I don't see I don't <laughs> see anything that the iPhone is doing that a Samsung phone can't do. I'll tell you what that. But I can say there's tons of things that a Samsung phone can do that an iPhone can't. Okay, well I'll tell you this, and we'll, we'll move on. But I'll tell you what an iPhone phone is doing that Samsung can't doing is what? dominating in the BRIC. Let me just give you some <laughs> more numbers here. These are these are places where Apple never even had a blink before. Apple did not was not strong in Brazil and Russia. But let me tell you, the sales are up sixty one percent in Brazil, ninety seven percent in Russia. Uh, in Turkey up 56%, in India up 55%, and in Vietnam up 262%. So you're, you're talking about the 3G phone? No. <laughs> That's no. what you're talking about. You're not talking about the new, the new joint. You're talking about the old joint. I'm talking about this is, these are not historic strongholds for Apple. And right. Not, and then they're now dominating. So looking at these numbers, it's, it's hard to argue that Apple is making a mistake with its iPhone business. But are, are you saying, are saying. you saying they're dominating? For this quarter, or they're dominating for the year, or for or for years. I think that the trend. I think people we're talking about not only this quarter, but we're talking about probably this year. It went and, and, and this will trend up now. Maybe Samsung will pull a rabbit out of their hat and dominate in 2015. But the but the point is, everyone was saying Apple's in trouble. Apple's going down. Tim Cook and the iPhone business is not doing it right. Samsung's overtaking them. Samsung's dominant. This is not going to happen. Well, where as where we sit in 2014, that's far from true. Greatly exaggerated. That's all. I guess we'll see. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll continue to cover this one because this is one of our ongoing conversations. But for a guy who's all Apple products, man, you'd be riding for Samsung, though. No, no, I'm just looking at the facts. I'm looking at the facts. <laughs> okay. Like, like I, I like the, I like the marketing aspect of Apple. I like the design. Yeah. I like I like the 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 usability of it. However, when I look at when I look at some of the Samsung products, they they're interesting to me, and I see things that are like oh, their marketing is interesting. Their marketing is innovative, right. and, I, and I feel that I feel that. I feel nowadays more people have a Samsung phone than an Apple. Like some, right. some of the, if I have a friend that has money and they want to buy a new phone, I think they're going to buy a Samsung okay. or they might buy both. I don't know. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So let's move on. So, um, one of the, st- the stories that really caught my, 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 uh, interest was a story about the, the web. I mean, the, so the, the internet sort of becoming our, our, uh, uh, they're calling it sort of the external brain and what it means to our kids. And it really just looks at, uh, I mean, this is crazy. You can, if you Google, you know, babies and tablets or babies and iPhones or babies and internet or five year olds and I, there's so many crazy videos of like, you know, six months old, eight month olds, uh, you know, 18 months old, like on the iPhone, on the iPad, yeah. like navigating very, you know, very strong, you know, 
completely clearly. Seamlessly. Seamlessly. And I don't know anybody who has a kid under five who that five-year-old is not all over. Yeah. All all, all over the... uh, Kids know it. Kids know it. And instinctively and intuitively. And it just... And, you know, you talk about, like, I, you know, like, I remember, like, we came up, well, I'm older than you, so I came up in a time of dial phones, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> rotary phones, and then obviously the push button, and then obviously, you know, cell phones, the, emer- the emergence of pagers, of course, mm-hmm. then two-way pagers, then cell phones, then texting, mm-hmm. you know, and then the proliferation of, you know, um, the internet and emailing and, and, and everything else. But my kids grew up in, you know, um, my oldest kids grew up in a world uh, of, Cell phones and texting, you yeah. know, I mean, that, that, that's a, 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 that's that's the world that a, 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 that grew up in. And my younger ki- my youngest kid grows up in a world of social media, right. and she does not know anything other than Instagram and Facebook and and social media and how the ways to communicate. Yeah. So kids younger than this literally are coming up on on devices, right? And I didn't have that stuff, you know. You didn't have that stuff. I so, mean, but in a way, you did. You had more than what your your parents had and what your grandparents had. Blocks. Hey, but that's that's Some army more. army men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think this story is more so about how we as humans learn, how we process information. And like, it kind of broke down like the brain. The brain is the same from our, from our earliest ancestors from 50,000 years ago. But the difference is, is that how our neurons are, are, are synapsing now with, with what technologies we have because we're able to use our brain in a different way. Right. So if we're, if we're using technology, which requires us to look at things much quicker, our brain is being executed the tool is being executed in a different way. So I think a good line from the article says something like the difference between kids these days and maybe kids 30, 40 years ago is that we're learning. We don't, we don't learn slow anymore. We learn fast. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge statement. Like, yeah, sure. Like, but the consequences is we don't ponder. We don't reflect. We're, we're quick. We're quick to learn. So we don't, and we make quick decisions versus like, let me reflect on this and take the time because I don't have the technology to, to give me the fast result. Right. Let me take the time to like figure this out. Right. It's, 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 it's a true. And I wonder, you know, I mean, I wonder what, what the effect that will, will have on us, the long term, the long term effect that that'll have on us because, um, you know, the, 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 um, the ability to have that sort of deductive, deductive reasoning, you know, uh, and to be able to, to, to analyze situations and then make a decision. Yeah. Um, the, some may argue that you making the same decision, you're just doing it faster. Yep. So who knows, but it just feels like some things you just need to be able to take a ticket, take, take a breath for sure. And then analyze and then make a decision. Yeah. Sometimes when you move faster, how you do make, you, f- you make more mistakes? Like even just how we read articles or even like Twitter, like we go through, we go through so much information. So Psychosis. fast, <laughs> we go through it so fast versus yeah. like, you know, coming up as a kid my dad would make me read the newspaper from cover to cover yeah now it's like i'm going i, I see one line or I'll, I'll, I'll skim through a paragraph just to get out key words yep like and i'm on to the next one yeah. like, it's a different way of thinking it very much is and i, I do the same i i get you know i get 100 percent of my news from twitter my twitter feed actually and, and also some of my friends email feeds and i'll just skim through and then see what something i like and then click on it and then get all of my news from from that which is probably you know, not the most effective thing to do, but it looks like we're all doing it. Um, okay. And the last text story we have to uh, here is to want to talk about, this is the biggest duh, but there's a new study out that's saying like shoppers are actually fleeing the physical stores and, um, you know, the, the, the shift, cause you, the shift to sort of online shopping is really has a, has a gigantic 
affect and decline on brick and mortar stores and retailers to open more brick and mortar stores. I mean, all through you know the eighties and nineties, everybody's opening like more and more stores. You know, yeah. especially like retailers and um, even the big box stores like the WalMarts and the Best Buys and yeah. all the stores. But now everyone is scaling back, and this is like kind of the way of the future. This is not a, this is not a no brainer, right? Not at all. I mean, I, I think. In, in terms of like retail sales, clearly you know, the most of sales are still in brick and mortar sales stores. But I feel like, like you said, the increase, the incline in um in online sales is huge, especially for, for the like the last three years. But I, I think that th- this study would be more interesting to me if, if you looked at like like smaller businesses or local businesses because they kind of they kind of showcase like the big the big boys like the WalMarts the the uh, Walgreens like sure. the the targets of the world so uh, clearly you could buy you know products online and and have the convenience of it being shipped to you and I think that's what it is it's a convenience thing people don't want to waste gas or be in traffic or have to deal with parking so yeah hey they could just hop online and and also when you're in the store sometimes you you do impulsive buying yeah. you see something that's not on your list and you buy it versus online like you have a list. Boop, 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 boom, right. sent to you, done. So it's cleaner, it's easier, it's more efficient. I think, I think for the, for the, for the corporation that, that adopts both, has a strong infrastructure with their online for, for consumers and then have, you know, has their brick and mortars, so I think they're going to win. Like Target and Best Buy. Exactly. Target does an outstanding job on their, on their, on their online stores and does a phenomenal job in their retail stores and are still just growing and growing. Yep. City Target op- opening in Hollywood right now. They're like City Target's opening everywhere. It's crazy. Uh, same with Best Buy. Best Buy does a great job of yep. their online stuff, and they continue to open these stores in in in, in urban and in suburban areas as well. For sure, Walmart is weird because the Walmart culture is not doesn't seem the same digitally. Hey, doesn't and, and and also Walmart has a is just because culturally has a hard a really really hard time getting into cities. Right, like cities don't want Walmart yeah. because people think Walmart is the devil. So like you know in terms of like urban, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, I'm not going to get I mean, political here. I mean, you can't even pinpoint a Walmart that's close to us. No, well, there's, there's one, what, maybe, there's one in the valley? One, yeah, there's one in the valley, there's just two, one in the deep valley, I think, like in Northridge or somewhere, and then there's one, uh, like on Crenshaw. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's all I can think of. Yeah, there's, there's like targets three. everywhere. Yeah, there's, there's like t- there's like 15 <laughs> targets per every four, three WalMarts. So, but that's because you know Target has won the battle in terms of being able to with this whole city Target. They were, hey, we're city friendly. Come right. on in, folks. So now they to you contrast know. the Walmart. Yeah, so, smart. We'll see. Uh, okay, well let's shift gears. Out well, of, personal yeah, question. Like, so let's deal with Target. Like, yeah. are you are you the guy that will hop online for your Target purchases, yeah. or do you do you run into Target? I actually like running into Target, right. like especially these new Targets. I mean, I, I was just there yesterday. I was in Target la- yesterday in La Brea, and like, I I like going into Target, feeling stuff, looking around, browsing, impulse buying. Like, I I really I love Target. I'm a I'm a Target loyalist. Uh, I love Best Buy still, you know, uh, even though I know everything that's already there and I've looked at it online, but sometimes you want to go and physically see stuff. So is there ever a case, aside from books, music, is there ever a case where you actually buy stuff online? I do. I do. I do. I, as everyone else, I do a lot of stuff on Amazon, but, uh. Like what? Aside from books and music? Aside from books and music. Uh, well, I take that back. I'm more of an eBay guy. Or, or movies or whatever. Yeah, I'm, aside from media and anything I consume like that, I'm kind of probably more of an eBay person because it's more of like a stuff that you can't find. Um, I think that I use Amazon as a price match because Best Buy will match everything. So, uh, I just want to pick it up and take right. it home. I just bought a TV. Thing. So, like, I want to go down there. I didn't, you know, I, of course, I, I price matched it from Amazon and they price matched it 
at a, in the store. In the store, right. and I just picked that joint up and right, I was right. watching TV in forty minutes. Gotcha. You know, so that's you know <laughs> that that's kind of Samsung, by the way, three D. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know. So I, I I just I just like like you. I think you're the same way, right? You yeah. I like to go and I like to just physically, yeah. do well, it. especially with electronics. Yeah, for sure. I, just, yeah. well, I mean, but maybe we're old. Maybe this, I don't know. That's kind of what we do. Um, okay, well, let's 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 move let's move on to the, our, our our nerd culture stuff uh or geek stuff i don't know but uh today i think today's the day today's the day for the tnmt teenage ninja mutant turtles yeah that's your generation it is so tell me actually it's not it's 30 years old, bro. Oh, well, it's my, it's the comics are my generation. Yeah, exactly. But, but the movies are my generation. Well, I mean, and, and, and the, the TV and, shows. And, and, the, and, the, uh, and the, the animated series. Right, right. The animated series and the movies are sort of your generation. So, I mean, we know the, the Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles that I grew up were, were slightly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the horrible bastardization with the first go around with, uh, Corey Haim and Vanilla Ice. Oh, and the, man. And, uh, and, and, and the folks. Uh, your boy Vanilla Ice, my boy. And then, uh, <laughs> go Ninja, go Ninja, go! <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then they kind of went away. So now they're they're bringing them back, and they're bringing them back with using utilizing this uh, technology, new mo, you know, sort of a performance capture. I'm kind of calling yeah. mo, motion capture. It's called performance capture technology, which I am a huge. I'm huge on this performance capture stuff now. After yeah. after, after Apes and after Ten Ten, I'm like. Uh, it's, it's, it's the new, it's and the of new course, way. Uh, Lord of the Rings, of right. course. But like, man. So, uh, well, first of all, what do you what do you think of the of the, of the, of the turtles? Man, love the turtles. Always was a, always was a fan. Um, Michelangelo, Donatello was my favorite. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, everybody I, say everybody got their favorite turtle. Like people your age yeah. have a, have a favorite turtle. I don't, I don't you know. I, don't. I mean, the, the turtle <laughs> the turtles have always been cool, man. Like you always want the toy. You always want to watch the cartoon. The movies were great. Like. I, I just I I even think there was a video game like, yeah. that I had so, but yeah I'm excited to see this movie especially with you know to see the technology and how. By the way, yo, I did see the movie. Uh oh, and uh, this is Phil from the booth. <laughs> Phil, uh, the reviews you know they're they're saying it's a half shell of a movie. And you uh, know what is the greatest <laughs> movie in the half world? Half shell. <laughs> Not necessarily, but you know what? If you go into it with an open mind, it's actually not bad at all. Okay, I good. enjoyed it. I really did. Well, let me ask you, but well, I have you because I know that there, it seems to be like they have two minds. They're trying to take a more of a serious, darker approach as than lighter, but still hold on to the humor. It's, how's the balance? Is it still like, is the balance, is it like the action good, but the humor is still there? Or how did you find that? There's definitely a lot of humor, especially, you know, you can imagine with Michelangelo. Right. Um, but there's, I mean, obviously it being produced by Michael Bay, there's a ton of action and I appreciate both. Right. Okay. Cool. All right. For sure. For sure. I can't wait to see it. Um, especially you know, ILM. You know, with yes. the guys that 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 put it together in terms of like the 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 CG and the in the performance motion cap. Like, I'm just yeah. interested to see like like the authentic the authenticity of it. You know, I want to yeah. see like cause, I mean, they changed the the. Uh, the anatomy of the turtles they gave them like a like different nose yeah. and a different mouth They're also like huge they, you said that is huge no i think the turtles are like big oh, they're like bigger? giants oh. so i don't know <laughs> like if that's a, i don't i never expected right, right. that big but yeah um i'm i'm into it too like again i'm just really we like we went yeah we went obviously went to ILM we shout out every time and i, I don't care cuz it was dope we went to ILM went to this exact same mo, mocap studio and uh was able to see what's going on in there so um yeah i i, I think that this performance capture is as the technology improves mm-hmm. is the way of the future like what i saw in apes was amazing Man. uh even even you know with, with 1010 you know what was is amazing and 
Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do, just from a technology standpoint. That's it. Know? That's it. And of course, Megan Fox. She's I mean, because the stuff is the stuff is. I mean, stuff is looking real, man. Yeah. But I, I always ask myself though. Ten years ago, we said the same thing. So, like, is it is it that our eyes? get used to the technology and like when we look back oh that is cheap or like that looks stupid yeah, like, so there's definitely things that I remember thinking like oh like you, really? you go back and then it, you watch now oh, and yeah, you're yeah. like oh you're like what is that like, that's, that's really cheesy yeah yeah like uh you watch Independence Day lately I haven't alright that's it <laughs> that, that's it that, I don't know people love that movie but I, I'm not one of them alright so um, let's move on speaking of our boy Michael Bay uh Transformers you know, we we talked a little bit about this movie. We talked about sort of the business side of Transformers mm-hmm. and how um, it was sort of this giant, almost co-production <clears throat> with uh, with China, China and how they got all this money from China and how they, you know, use a lot of uh, have a version and even in this version, use a lot of Chinese um, superstars, stars, mm-hmm. well-known Chinese actors. They did a lot of crazy um, product placement. Well, the numbers are back, and it's a pretty much a smash success from for for. Uh, for Paramount, like right. in terms of in terms of uh, fi- finances, they did a great job. Three hundred million dollars, yeah. you know, which is incredible in thirty-one days. Um, but there's all kinds of problems that came along with this. Yeah. With dealing with China, because there's so many unknowns in dealing with with Chinese culture. Yeah, so, culture. like in other words, there's so many brand new. Like just to run down the list, there's so many theaters, so many brand new theaters. Like the whole way of, of accounting for what the tickets are and how much they cost and the translation of what mm-hmm. they actually cost and are they getting you know, credit for them or not is all weird. But beyond that, um, there's lawsuits left and right. Like, you know, there's there's a hotel that's that's suing Paramount because they felt like they weren't featured prominently enough in the in the movie like they were supposed to be. There was like a I think it was like a duck food company, mm-hmm. like a duck feed company that was supposed to be featured. Now a lot of this is like part of what the Chinese is the China's shakedown culture. Yeah. Which I think we had we talked about this before on, on this movie earlier in production, yeah. that whole shakedown move. Now this is sort of like that duck company who's suing, you know, Michael Bay and Paramount is getting way more pro- promotion than they ever would have gotten worldwide. Everybody knows about this stupid duck feed company, but yep. um, there's a lot of trouble. So it, it kind of gives you pause on how to deal with China. I mean, I, I think that's inherent in, in in America too. We just don't maybe see it as blatant, but I think the shakedown is everywhere. You know, the corruption is everywhere, and I mean, I, I get I get the point. But to me, the, the takeaway for me is. Like if you look at basketball, like the globalization of basketball, there's more people in China that watch NBA games than there are in America. Right. And so now you translate that to movies and box office sales. Like Chinese want to watch movies. Right. They want to they want to be invested in what we're doing. So like you got to think of just how um, how this market is going to be huge for actors and filmmakers here to to go over to China and to create just like with the Transformers. Right. I feel, and I feel that's kind of like. The story, you know what I'm saying? I think that's the story that, that there's, there's more sales off this movie in China than there are in, in, in the States. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to continue. And that, and that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that there's, there's, there's Chinese actors and there's Chinese product placement. It's the fact that, that there's a billion Chinese and, and they're hungry. And there's a hungry for movies. Thousands of these yeah. new state of the art theaters being built. Yeah. And there's thousands of, of emerging suburbs and exactly. middle, and middle class. Yeah. And the, the emerging middle class in China is like off the charts. Yep. And so. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, there's so many cities that, like, you know, you never even heard of, you know, uh, that are like a 
two million people, like a mega city, like some weird city in China. Like I'm like, what's that? That's, that that's like a town. Yeah, in China, it's like but some be a province. City for us. It's yeah. like yeah, it's like two million people, like with fifteen theaters, and you know, it's like oh okay. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, it's a really crazy market. I, I, don't, I don't, but yeah, so it's a success, but it's also a pain in the ass. As you see, Michael Lovitz there. Uh, I mean, it's a pain in the ass for Paramount. Paramount, but it's also a win. So they're still trying to figure out how to do business in China, but obviously we still want that business. So we'll mm-hmm. see how that progresses. Um, let's move on to our guy, uh, Mar- Marty Scorsese. Uh, Marty. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's this big story that's been coming on. It looks like, um, we talked about this a while back. I remember talking about the film Side by Side, uh, that yep. the Keanu Reeves film they did, where he looked at digital versus, it was a really good movie. If you haven't seen Side by Side, if you have any interest Great movie. in, Great doc. in, yeah, any interest in film and, and the history of film or film versus digital, please check out Side by Side, uh, directed by Keanu Reeves. But, um, we talk about you know what's happening with di- with digital, what's happening to film, mm-hmm. what's happening to film, and you know there was a time where everything was on film, and there's a time where we thought even two years ago where like films not going to go away. There's enough filmmakers doing it, and we're going to still using it, but it's it's it was in trouble, yeah. in trouble to the point where a handful of people, Christopher Nolan, be one of the notables, obviously Marty Scorsese, J.J. Abrams, there's people who just are diehard film guys who say we need to keep film because Kodak mm-hmm. was about to stop. Processing and, and making and making the and, and doing the film, of course. So uh, it looks like they're going to be able to save it. Yeah, but uh, what, what, what do you think? I mean, I mean, I think we talked about this on the show a while ago, but I, I definitely think um, because of new technology, like for instance, like a DVD or or a Blu-ray, maybe ten years from now will be completely obsolete. No, right. no one will have a DVD player. No nope. one will have a Blu-ray player. So yep. how will you play them? Versus with film. Like you're able, to, you'll still be able to, you know, process that film and put it on whatever format the new technology is. And right. so I think that's the key point. Like the migration, you don't have the migration aspect with film versus with new technology. You always have to, like, even like, man, for me personally, like I had to, I updated my computer and it, it pretty much killed off a, a piece of software I was using because it, it was unable to correlate with the new software update. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with, 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 uh, like digital film. Like some stuff is going to become obsolete and you won't be able to use it versus traditional film. You'll always be able to upgrade it, migrate it to the new technology. And then just for archival purposes, there's, there's more, there's more, uh, a mass of film that's been shot on film than anything else. So how could you go, how could you do away with it? Well, the, yeah, and I, and I first of all I agree with all that, but what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that for archival purposes, films deteriorate, so it's hard to sort of like... But you could put it on new film. Right, film doesn't last forever, it deteriorates, so that that's one thing, but but it's a huge point, on the, and the digital images are getting, you know, are more and more amazing in 4K and mm-hmm. beyond, but what we're going to be seeing in the next five years in terms of images will be, like we already see with some of the 4K TVs we saw at CES, or be, beyond what the human eye can actually... Process. process so but you know and also the the format stuff we talk about all the time like you're right like you know from from uh you know beta to vhs to laser disc to dvd to 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 digital to blu-ray i mean you you can't keep up and just coming from television and also coming from consuming stuff you can't keep up with all these formats i can't play you know stuff that i have archived in beta i can't have stuff that i have archived in in dvds and cds and and other vhs anymore so film is fantastic for all those reasons obviously to shoot on it you know christopher nolan and uh now marty shoots on both marty marty does shoot on both he's a, he, he's because he shot a lot of uh a lot of uh wolf of wall street was shot digitally mm-hmm. so he's like i mean he's still a you know 
hardcore film guy, but he uses both. Unlike Christopher Nolan, who's like diehard, will not even I mean, ever touch a digital anything, and J.J. Abrams, who claims, you know, which surprised me. I felt like J.J. Abrams is such a techie that he would be more on the digital side, but he's like from that Steven Spielberg school of like warm images, and it's, everything's just warmer. I mean, I think with film, it has a distinct look. And I think, you know, the, the, the digital manifestation is always trying to replicate the film look. Right. Um, but in terms of like a production, like you, 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 you have to think of the financial aspect of it too. And, and I think that's where technology makes it. I think that's where technology wins in this fight because, yo, you want to be able to create a movie for the least amount and then make the most amount. And then you want to be able to shoot with these new cameras. You can shoot in low light with film. You you have have to have more production to light stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, and then you have to move all that stuff around and then you have to, like, archive it properly. Like, it just is more efficient with the digital stuff. But I get in terms of the artistry aspect of it, I get from a purist perspective why you would want to maintain that. Right. And I, and I think that's, I mean, these guys are, are legendary directors and I, I see, I mean, they started on film. I see why they want to continue and they, le- they learn from probably some other legendary directors. They want to continue that legacy yeah. because they don't want, they don't want that to be a lost art form. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. I mean, and then these guys represent, I mean, JJ Abrams and Christopher Nolan are my age and my generation and, and Marty's of the previous generation. So, you know, what we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see, but it makes me wonder about anybody under my, you know, like your generation of filmmaker. Like my, I feel like that's this, this argument stops at guys that are my age yeah. you know and that's, then I that's, wonder about, that's, that's the key point there, I mean just the photography there's, there's right. cats don't know nothing about exposing film in, right. in a dark room sure. no one knows nothing about that right. we all are in Lightroom Photoshop put us in a dark room we wouldn't know what to do what chemicals well, what paper nothing. first of all it's dark you can't see <laughs> okay <laughs> so you won't know what to do no I'm kidding no, yeah no, you're right you're absolutely right and that's that's sad that our form I mean at least like you said with my generation and younger is arguably lost right so, uh, we're out of time, but we, I want to get to, there's, there's this story of this guy who almost ruined comic books. Uh, well, just briefly, there's this one guy, uh, is really profiling this one cat, the psychiatrist named, uh, named Frederick Wardham, who, uh, had this giant book and was a bestseller talking about how, you know, how comic books, it was called, uh, The Seduction of the Innocent. And it was whole thesis was that, uh, the cause of violence, drug use, and homosexuality of young people were caused by comic books. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was like, you know, it was really, really interesting. And it's just this stupid thing, but, it, but, it, but people really took it seriously. And almost like he almost succeeded in having comics changed and eradicated. Thankfully he didn't because we wouldn't have cool stuff. But, um, uh, I mean, but, but, I get in what era is this? The, the 1950s, the 50s. Yeah, so I mean, I could the see like, of the innocent. like having a comic book was like an edgy thing. Like I got the new comic. Look at right. this. Yeah, like I could see how that that that, that can make you kind of like a rebel in the sense. Well, then, you know, you know all, the, all the Batman and Robin sort of gay in your window that they that, that they thought, but uh, but yeah, so I like I like it felt very much. Uh, I'm throwing everything is. Oh, then this is another thing. Like. <laughs> this is a, a quote from him. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young men 16 and 17 who had been in a sexual relationship with, with one another realized they were homosexual, homosexual when they were reading comics together or something like this. It's ridiculous. It's like, therefore, comic books cause homosexuality. I don't know. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. Anyway, and drugs and all this other stuff. So thank God he wasn't listened to. Um, just before we get out of here, I just want to get like another 30 second rant on what I'm nerding. What are you nerding out on? Go. Go. You go first, man. I already did. Uh, the Raid 2. Go. But you never told me why. The Raid 2. You... The Raid, okay. So, okay. The Raid 2, just, just let me, as quick as I can possibly do this. Um, I've never really, uh, the Raid was phen- phenomenal and blew my mind. The Raid 2. Um, 
is uh, uh, an action film. If you haven't seen it, it's 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 a um, an action film, and it is probably one of the most amazing things I've ever seen as an action film kind of sort in terms of fight sequences, a lot of martial arts. It's this new martial arts, which I can't remember the name of it, but it's this, it's this Taiwanese market martial arts that that is incredible. It is the most ridiculous fight scenes I've ever seen, the most ridiculous car chases I've ever seen, the most ridiculous everything I've ever seen in a film happens in The Raid 2, and it's not just about the speed at which things happen, it's about where the the director, Gareth, puts the camera. His coverage is phenomenal, his editing is phenomenal, and I have no idea watching that movie three or four times how half of that ish is done. Hmm. It's incredible. It's my 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 nerding out for the week yes. is uh, I recommend everybody go get the new Common album. Boom, solid. Oh, it's fresh. It's, I love it. Oh, you champagne popping, okay. champagne popping. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I love Man, it. The album is solid. It's a great album. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? Uh, Nobody smiling. Right. Yep. All right. Nobody yep. smiling. Check that one out. Uh, thank you. We'll be back next week. We're probably a special guest. Um, hopefully. And uh, thank you very much for listening to us and checking us out. Akili, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Akili Shine. A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E. What about you, bro? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe K. Braswell at both. Don't get Twitter psychosis checking me out. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) we'll see you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.